Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Cloudwater from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as a fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. They were amazed and astonished, they asked. Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. What does this mean? (laughs) They're filled with new wine. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, These are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you to a church over in England who did the Lego work, and then to our readers for presenting that today. Uh, Grace and peace to you, to my friends in Christ. So the story goes that during World War II, it was General Patton who asked his chaplain, chief of chaplain, James O'Neill, he asked just how much praying was going on in the Third Army. And the, the chaplain reluctantly suggested that when there was fighting, everybody would pray. But th- when things were quiet, and sometimes a little too quiet, the soldiers would just sit and wait for things to happen. Now, Patton was a strong believer in prayer, and he said this to the chaplain. He said, up to now, God has been very good to us. A lot of people back home are praying for us, but we have to pray for ourselves too. A good soldier is not made merely by making him think and work, but there's something in every soldier that goes deeper than thinking or working. It's, it's his guts. It's something that he's 
built in there. It's a world of truth and power that is higher than himself. He said, great living is not all output of thought and work, but a man has to have intake as well. I don't know what you call it, but I call it prayer or God. And finally, he said, prayer is power. What do I notice from what Patton had to say? Well, he isn't insisting on everyone praying to God the same way. He's not expecting everyone to have the same understanding of God. But he is expecting that his soldiers will have something to lean into that's bigger than themselves. Now, truth be told, for Patton, God very well might have been a superstition that could have gained an advantage on his enemies. But God, as he understood God, was clearly someone to turn to in times of good and in bad, in praise and lament. Now, Patton was the general of an army that lost many soldiers in battle. But ultimately, as we know, prevailed in victory over the access of evil during World War II. Patton said, live in the present. Whatever battle you're facing, fight it. I think that is the true spirit of the disciples during this celebration of Pentecost. It's, it's a time to live in the present, even, though, even if this time is a bit confusing to them. So what's going on with Pentecost? Let me refresh your memory a little bit, especially if the Legos were uh, distracting as Han Solo all of a sudden was leading the charge. Now, first of all, the, the disciples are scared to death. You know, they, they don't know what to do after the death of Jesus. They are not living in the present. They are living in fear. And so when Jesus does appear to them and then ascends to heaven on the uh, 40th day, they know something's coming. They just don't quite know what. And so here we are on the 50th day since the resurrection, the promise of the advocate, the Holy Spirit, it arrives in ways that really do surprise them. Because Pentecost, although we think of this as a very special holy Christian day, actually is a Jewish uh, first fruits harvest. It's the time of the year when, when uh, people from all over would come to Jerusalem to celebrate on the 50th day after, not the resurrection, but after Passover. It's a pilgrimage. It's a celebration. It's a feast. And so as this scene got acted out by all of these Lego characters, it evoked an interesting reaction to me. You see, all of these visitors to Jerusalem are coming, and they speak a different language. They have different cultures. They have different uh, backgrounds. They all come to Jerusalem with different customs and understandings of who God is. They probably each had different ways of seeing how God acted in their own lives, whether in the present or even in the past. Now, all of them are Jewish, but they certainly are not a united or collective of people, right? They've, they've all kind of got their own group that they go back to. And so it is in this odd moment where all of a sudden they can understand the voice of someone like Peter, someone that at first glance they shouldn't understand what he's saying, that they realize something is at work. Something is going on with the Holy Spirit. And so... As the Holy Spirit continues to be at work, it grants Peter the courage to speak up. Peter and the disciples start to tell the story. And as one of them puts it, everyone must be full of wine. And Peter's like, no, we're not all drunk. It's only 9 in the morning. It's 9.31 in the morning. We're not all drunk. We're actually having a Holy Spirit moment here. And so he boldly steps into being that leader. 
You know, Jesus has developed him as a leader, you know, called him the rock. So Peter, the rock, this is your time really to roll. This is it. This is the story that you've been getting ready to tell. And so what does Peter do? He starts to preach. And he starts to proclaim the good news to the people who have been longing for a Messiah, but have never been able to hear that this got fulfilled through Jesus. And so these people are surprised to hear that their own religious leaders had led the charge to kill Jesus. Yet Peter tells them that Jesus doesn't stay dead. Jesus rose from the dead, ascends to heaven, and now what they're witnessing is the advocate with them in their presence. After hearing this message, many of those who are gathered are baptized. They go back to their own homes. They share the good news with their own community of believers who didn't make this pilgrimage to Jerusalem. You see, the spread of the gospel is through relationships, through conversation, through those who were skeptical, now, despite their differences, becoming united as one body of Christ. Many different expressions, many different cultures, but a common center of Christ that unites them. In our own communities, we know that this is how the world still is. We have different expressions and understandings of Jesus, And too often, those differences are what becomes the focus. It's what prevents us from trusting our neighbor. It's what keeps us from truly being the body of Christ. I know that this is true. You know that this is true in our own experiences with people who believe differently than us, even if we call ourselves Christians. I see this in conversations with other pastors. I see this when I talk to other chaplains. Yet, what really matters is what happens when we stop and actually listen and care for each other. Now, there's a, a fictional soccer coach whose name is Ted Lasso, okay? Ted Lasso uh, has some interesting quotes along the way, and one of his quotes that has kind of picked up uh, a lot of attention over the last couple of years is a quote that is not exactly Walt Whitman, but he still attributes it to him. And he says, be curious, not judgmental. His point is, Ted has been judged his whole life by people who've made assumptions about him without stopping to get below the surface, People who've made up their minds about him without exploring deeper. People who have lacked curiosity. And Ted has demonstrated that if people would have just been more curious with him and asked questions, they would have learned some important things just through listening. I think the disciples are a phenomenal example of what it means to be curious and not judgmental because they have had a teacher, this rabbi, Jesus, who's modeled this behavior with them. On the first day of Pentecost, as this massive horde of travelers shows up in Jerusalem, when they first experience Peter talking in their own language, they're a bit judgmental. Rightly so. Yet because of this amazing miracle of speaking in the same language, their curiosity leads them to the understanding of who Jesus is. What a miracle this is. They listened. It changed their lives, just like it did for the disciples as they got to know Jesus. So I wonder what would happen to us if we were more curious and less judgmental. This particular Memorial Day holds a slightly different meaning for me than it has in the past. As a chaplain in the National Guard, I have seen the effects of what deployment can do to soldiers. I can, I've seen what the struggles of soldiers who've made sacrifices have been like. This past December, I got news that one of the soldiers in my unit had died. And within a few weeks of his death, another soldier was tragically killed. 
in a warehouse where a pallet had fallen on him at work. Memorial Day for me is a chance to remember Sam and Zach. It's a much different experience for me this year as I think of these two personally and how their families did not expect to be mourning their deaths on this Memorial Day at such a young age. While neither of them died in battle, they both had recently deployed to the Middle East. So as the chaplain of their unit, their deaths weighed heavily on their peers. I led some sessions so that everyone could have a chance to talk. We could check in and see how people were doing with their battle buddies. How had this grief affected each of the soldiers who knew them? Our soldiers each had one-on-one time with a behavioral health coordinator. And of course, each of them had funerals back home, but not everybody in the unit could go to those. And so a time was designated at drill where we were able to gather in memorial for both of them on the same weekend. So on Friday night, we gathered for Zach. And on Saturday, we gathered for Sam, and we invited their families to come to Camp Ripley to see what it was like to be able to meet some of their friends. I led services that were attended by the soldiers, and I certainly know that they all have different faith backgrounds, and some don't have a faith background at all. And so as I shared on that day, I focused on the faith of, their, of these soldiers and the promise of eternal life that each of them believed in. I knew how valuable time would be spent sharing stories over the table, right? Isn't that the place where after a funeral, we love to be able to just talk and share memories of, the, of our loved ones? So I asked if there would be any funding to be able to have a meal. Could we do a meal after these services that, uh, that would be paid for? I checked in with the, with the chaplain corps. I said, hey, do we got a budget for this? They looked at me and they said, nope. And I said, okay, what can we do? Undeterred, I realized that this meal was going to be really important, not just for the family members, but also the soldiers, the friends, the ones who were really close to Sam and Zach. I also knew how Faith Lutheran cared and would appreciate to be able to support this ministry in any way possible. So as I reached out to council, I said, Faith, can we do this? Can we pay for some meals for these soldiers to be, to be able to have this fellowship together? And so as council blessed this, I appreciated that we could have this time and know that the, the families would be able to have this Pentecost moment where they're gathered together to, to hear the stories about their loved ones, about the stories of their loved ones who'd been overseas and, and served with some friends. And while this was a very unique setting, these stories that families probably wouldn't have been able to hear otherwise, I could tell just how much it meant to these soldiers, but also to their family members, to be able to hear the stories of how their sons meant so much to so many people. Their curiosity was being fulfilled. There was a space for healing. There was a a space for time for these families. But it was also a space for these soldiers who often think that they may need to keep their strong face and not show any emotions. This particular meal allowed for the vulnerability to to talk openly and to grieve collectively. Faith Lutheran, I want to thank you for the ways that you've supported that. How you always lean into generosity and into compassion. How you recognize ways that we can care for loved ones in times of need. And Faith, I want to thank you for the ways that you have blessed me and my family through your encouragement, 
And soon I will be having my own Pentecost moment. I will be heading to Fort Jackson in just a few weeks in the beautiful weather of warm South Carolina. I'll be surrounded by chaplains with different faith backgrounds and different theologies. But I know that I'm being sent. I'm being commissioned with a spirit of curiosity, not judgment. I will be going to a place to learn. So how about you? What will you embrace this summer? How might you be feeling stuck? Are there ways that you might be waiting for things to make sense in your life? So I I leave you with these questions. How's the Holy Spirit calling you to be curious and not judgmental? How's God helping create understanding and a path forward in whatever it is you might be struggling with? And where's God encouraging you to live in the present, to embrace what you're facing and to face that in the moment? As General Patton said, it starts with prayer. A reminder that the Holy Spirit can get us through any of the challenges that we face. Folks, it's up to us to respond with grace and mercy when we encounter our neighbors, just as Christ has taught us, as we show that gift of love to the world around us. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about Faith Lutheran, leave a prayer request, or financially support our mission and ministry, please go to our website at faithfl.org. May God bless you in the days ahead.